Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of the Grit Per 60 podcast. New Year, New Pod edition. My name is Connor Farrell. You can call me TC. And I am joined by Trent Crims Understudy. Hey, everybody. It's Brendan, also known as TCJ. How are you? Good. How's, how was Utah in the winter? A lot of snow. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just a lot of snow. It's and it's cold. But yeah, um, how, how are you? the altitude treating you? Yeah, the altitude's fine. You get used to it once you've lived here for a while. Mm. Mm. I'm doing okay. So far, 2020 has been not ideal, but, you know, not too bad so far. Yeah, I would, I would say the same thing so far. Oh, good. It's only... We've only just begun. Um, good. There, there's, there has been some hockey. We have reached the league has restarted, jump started. Uh, yeah. You want to get into? Let's do that hockey. Sure, go for it. Let's do that hockey. Do we want to talk about the game we kind of watched together? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a little hard for us to watch games together because we're like two hours apart, and we watched a game that started at ten thirty your time. Yes, it was Flyers After Dark. Yeah, which so, is, n- nobody needs that in their life. Yeah, so um, you know, we're I'm a Sharks fan. You know, TC's a Flyers fan. So, um, I wasn't sure how invested you'd be in a game that started that late, especially, um, you know. Well, I got lucky in that it was a night when I could stay up. Because I didn't have, I didn't like, I didn't have work the next day, so it all worked out. That's fair enough. But uh, yeah, I mean, what were your, how did you feel about it? The game as a whole. Yeah, let's let's start with that. Um, I think we were lucky to come away with a point. <laughs> that was and exactly I think our, how I felt the the game that's going on right now between the Flyers and the Kings is evidence of that uh we're not going on right now went on last night what am i doing what am i saying what's happening um yeah so the flyers got blown up by the kings because the team is bad the process is bad it's not working um and so the fact that we came away with the point in san jose i'm okay with because i'm not sure we deserve that no, I would definitely argue that you guys did not deserve that. Uh, and it was it was interesting. So that before the game started, there was a quote from I think it was Drew. Quote from Drew, one of the players, um, who basically said, "Hey, yeah, when it's a, a goalie's debut, there's a little bit more energy um, from the rest of the team because it's a young guy who has never played in the NHL before, and it's your goalie and." You got to make sure you go out in there and protect them and battle for them. And that was before the game. It did not look like the Flyers were battling for him. So if that's if that's your extra effort, what are we doing on another on a normal night? Getting blown up by the Kings. That's what we're doing on a normal night. The Kings are not a good hockey team. And you want you want to. Before the season, our expectations were playoffs. 
at least that was like the minimum expectation that we make the playoffs. This team is not a playoff team. I hate to say that because we've gone through a decade long rebuild. This is not a playoff team. Yeah. So I, I feel like this game has to be like a first in the sense of like, the Flyers started a goalie in his NHL debut against a team or against the team that they had traded with to acquire that pick to yeah. draft them. Like, I don't know if I worded that right, but like the Sharks traded time again to, or the Flyers trade time again to the Sharks in exchange for a 2015 third round pick that the Flyers then used to pick Felix Sandstrom, who then six years later starts in his first NHL game against the Sharks. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a fun storyline. Like that can't happen. And he very, did well. Like that cannot he happen. Made saves. He did really well. It's just like, why does he have to make 43 saves against the Sharks who Brennan, no offense, are not a very good team. We're, I would say the Sharks are pretty mediocre. Like they're okay. not bad. They're not good. They just kind of exist right now. Okay. Um, they're good when Hurdle, Meyer, and or Carlson are on the ice. Um, other than that, it's pretty rough. Like the Sharks forward lines right now, like you've got a, like a line and a half before you just get to dudes. Like there are people in that bottom six where I'm just like, yeah, you're a person, I guess. Like, uh, like play some tell hockey, me, bud. tell me who Lane Peterson is. Like, that is just an entity that is there to play like ten minutes, and then that's it. Yeah. So I guess, where do the sharks go from here? Um, they are very stuck. Very, very stuck. Um, because I mean, they can't move Carlson. They can't move. Vlasic, they can't move Burns. They can't move Couture. Um, oh, and Tomas Hurdle, uh, his deal expires at the end of the year. He's 28. Mm-hmm. And so they got to make a decision of, okay, um, what are we doing with Tomas Hurdles? Like, are we trading him at the deadline? Are we signing mm-hmm. him to a long-term deal? Um, but... I mean, it would break my heart because I love Tomas Hurdle. Um, Does he want? Do you, do, have you heard anything about if he likes it in San Jose? Does do you think? He I mean, everybody likes playing in San Jose. I, I I honestly don't remember any time that like somebody has demanded a trade out of San Jose or somebody's been like, "Yeah, the whole San Jose thing sucked." Right? Like the weather's nice. The uh, locker room's usually pretty good. Um, you know, the Sharks are pretty model organization. Like. Other than, I guess, like the cost of living, like uh, it sounds like a pretty darn good place to be a professional hockey player. Um, mm. And obviously, like the team is interested in keeping him. Like Tomas Hurdle is a really good player. And he's he's kind of like in that weird, awkward spot between like, yeah, if you ranked all of the like number one centers in the league and you considered Tomas Hurdle to be a one, you know, a, a top line center. Yeah, he's like in the 20 to 30 range, but like, you know, as a second line center, I, you're not getting any better than Tomas Hartle. 
Um, mm-hmm. Other than, I guess, if you're cheating with like the penguins. <laughs> Assume whenever Malkin is healthy. Yeah. Yeah, that one-two punch of Crosby Malkin has been pretty much the standard for a while in the NHL. Um, what, what about from the game that we watched together? What did you see from your Sharks? Um, well, first off, I would just like to point out um, that, you know, it, it was, to be honest, I thought it was a pretty, like, one-sided game. Not super one-sided, but fairly one-sided. Um, but I wanted to point out that uh, with the Sharks leading, I think it was 2-1, uh, you texted me. Keep in mind, the Flyers had like no shown like very few signs of life in this game. Mm-hmm. You texted me, gonna salvage an OT point, just watch, gonna be Hayes. <laughs> and then uh, somebody else scored, like literally two minutes later. I think it was uh, Frost. Oh, or Madden, uh, it was either one, it was either Frost or Faraby because remember it was, they, it was they, I believe it was they, they both had the goals. I forgot who had it on the in the, the tying goal. I there. believe it was Faraby because I think Morgan had the first one. Morgan Frost. Morgan Frost. Yeah. You texted me <laughs> saying that 2018 me would be thrilled. 2018 me would love that scoreline, or at least the box, the um the players who scored. Uh. But yeah, <laughs> I almost immediately paid off. Um, the timestamp on that uh, gonna salvage an, an OT point just watch text was 12.51 a.m. my time. Uh, and then the I hate you text was 12.54 a.m. It was, it was even funnier because your stream was so far behind. <laughs> it's so far behind. And I don't know why. I don't know why it was so far behind, but it was. It was like three minutes behind. And, um, and earlier in that game, I had texted you like the Flyers had almost two minutes, five on three. And before before they did anything, I texted you, they're not going to do anything with this two-man advantage. And then they, they didn't. They had a little bit of the puck, and then the Sharks got the puck out of the zone, and the Flyers could never step back up again. Five on three could not enter the zone. What are we doing? Um, so the flyers very on brand. I am very frustrated with my team. You seem, I don't know if satisfied is the word for it, but not mad at it. There's like very few things the sharks are going to do this year that are going to make me mad just because like, they're just a really mediocre team this year. Like it's, they'll win a game. And I'll be like, great. And then they'll come out the next night and they'll lose. And I'll be like, eh, Okay. And then they'll go out and win a game and they'll lose a game. It's just kind of, eh. Um, I would like to point out that according to natural stat trick, the uh, line of uh, Nieto, Caguiano, and Nick Benino um, had an expected goals for percentage of five on five. Like, that was basically 100%. Really? Yeah. How many minutes do they have together? Um, Wait, was that just for the that one game? Just that one game. Hmm. They had like 10 minutes together. Okay. Put out over the season. How are they over the season? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. I don't have them on hands or on hand. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I it was a game that was very much in control. So when you text me, oh yeah, the Flyers are going to are gonna score here. I was like, yeah, no, no, they're not. 
and then they scored like a minute later and i was just like i don't know how you call that i don't know because <laughs> i know my team they stick to the script yeah but nothing about the flyers play like indicated that they were going to do anything absolutely nothing like i just know that they are very good at building up my hope and optimism i like to be an optimistic person it doesn't come across in the podcast. I think a lot of times I get mad really easily, but I tend to be an optimistic person and the Flyers are really good at uh, taking advantage of that and then ripping it all apart. And we had a, a little taste of that during that game when they they tied it up and then eventually lost in overtime. I would like to point out that Felix Sandstrom saved like a goal and a half above expected. Yes, he played a very good game. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, not. Could not great. ask for more from him on an NHL debut. There's just, I, I know like every like fan base probably assumes this, but anytime that like the Sharks get like a back of goalie or um, the big thing for the Sharks actually is a lot yeah. of first uh, career NHL goals. Like, it's just, like, a thing. Like, everybody, like, if there's a guy who has never scored an NHL goal or an NHL point playing against the Sharks, like, it's pretty much, like, a sure thing that he's going to score. Like, I'm sure, like, every fan base thinks that. Um, Yeah, pretty much every fan base thinks that. And uh, I feel the same way whenever the Sharks, like, face, like, a back of goaltender. Or in this case, my ultimate nightmare scenario of back of goaltender making his NHL debut. And I was Mm -hmm. like, well, um, yeah, so the Sharks are going to score two goals tonight. Is that better or worse than Martin Jones? If you had faced Martin Jones and he had this kind of night, would that be better or worse? Um, I'm not sure because it seems like Philadelphia Flyers Martin Jones is like kind of working out. And, uh, you know, hasn't been catastrophic yet. <laughs> you haven't he's ball. had a couple nights where it's like, buddy. Uh, he's, uh, by and large, he's been okay. He's back into the negatives and a uh, goal saved above expected. So, well, just a little bit. He's at like negative two, which uh, compared to his past history of like negative 20 last year or whatever, negative 25, um, I would absolutely take that as your backup goaltender. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't think that like Hurdle and Meyer had their best stuff against uh, against the Flyers. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was that was more than enough for. Well, the hurdle had three or had two points. Um, the advanced stats weren't too kind to him, but compared to some of the other guys on the ice. But um, yeah, no, I mean, it's just gonna be hard for the Sharks because they really just have like five productive forwards, kind of, and they've got like Eric Carlson who's having like a pretty crazy good year but there's just not a whole lot outside of that and so when you've got to play you know like those i don't know let's just go with 30 minutes where you can't have any of those guys on the ice it's it's always gonna be real rough for them yeah yeah that's that's the thing about hockey is like you you can put some stars on a team but those stars can only usually play maybe a third of the game to half the game depending on how you divide up the ice time then you got the other half of the game where they're not on the ice so how do you deal with that is usually a a pretty big uh, factor in you know success in this league 
Yeah. Well, the other thing was, um, it's been real weird watching the Sharks this week because they went from allowing seven goals against the Coyotes and winning in overtime to outplaying the Flyers and needing overtime to win to uh, the Penguins or allowing six goals in the first period to the Penguins and then coming back to within a goal and then still losing to the Penguins. Like, I, it's just been a really weird, really weird week. And I guess, I don't know, maybe that was to be expected coming out of like the holiday slash COVID stoppage. Mm-hmm. Just some weird games. Yeah. Yeah. Just some weird yeah. games. Yeah. Did you have any more thoughts on the Sharks Flyers? Yeah, not really. Um, I mean, it was a fun game to watch for me. Um, but. Yeah, no, I mean, it was it was a regular season game, but it was just fun because, uh, you know, we don't get the opportunity all that often yeah. to watch our two teams play each other. Is this the first or second time they play each other this season? Um, I think it's first. the first time. Yeah, because I don't so think the Sharks have stopped in Philly. At some point? I would assume so. Um, but I was wondering if they – hold up. I'm trying to remember. Because we had like a weird – I don't think we have. I was thinking about because we had a weird road trip earlier in the year. Yeah, no, we mm-hmm. play each other uh, on Saturday, next Saturday, or this coming Saturday. Oh. So we can do it all over again. Uh, that's going to be an afternoon game for you. Uh, it's an evening game. It's five o'clock. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, it was, I thought it was just weird that, like, we made a New York trip earlier in the year. We didn't play all. And then we just played Pittsburgh. So it's like, well, we have to play the Flyers next, right? No. No. For whatever reason. No, that'd be too, that would make too much sense. For whatever reason, we go west to Detroit and then to Buffalo back I, east. And then I think, yeah. south to Philly. So I think what that is, is the Disney on Ice is at, uh, I forget the name of the arena. I was going to say the Wells Fargo Center, but that's not it. The Disney on ice is in the arena um, for right now. So the, every year the Flyers do this post Christmas uh, road trip. It's the Wells Fargo Center. Is it still the Wells Fargo Center? Yeah. Were you thinking of the old Wachovia I was, Center? Maybe? I think I was thinking of Wachovia Center. Man, I need more sleep. Man, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, I'm still getting used to Thumbs the down, uh... dislike, zero stars. I'm still getting used to the Staples Center being like the crypto.com arena or whatever nonsense. What? You didn't hear about that? No. Yeah, the uh, Staples Center is now like crypto.com or something. Oh, gosh. It's only a matter of time before we get NFTs on the uh, on the stadiums. You know, you know those like covers where like they have to block off the seats? Yeah. In the stadiums. Those are going to be like NFT monkey pictures at some point. They're not even like cool art of apes. No. It's just like the ugliest things. <laughs> and we've decided that they have value. Anyway, I don't want to go into it. I right. right click save. Yeah, that's illegal. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, w- you wouldn't right click save the Mona Lisa, would you? Yeah, but that actually has value if I go see the real thing. You know what I'm saying? We're like, not getting into this. We are not getting into this. 
anyway. Um, <laughs> like, like seeing a, a picture no, we're of not getting into is this. not the same as going to see the Mona Lisa. Okay, so the Winter Classic yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting into this. Yeah, the uh, Winter Classic. Uh, to me, the big highlight, uh, big headline for this game was that Jordan Bington did not wear a toque. Yep. No, like Cam Talbot deserved better. I mean, uh, he did not play well, but he should have played that's well. An, that's considering an automatic his, forfeit, is it not? Yeah, considering his fashion statement. How do they like? Do they just wear it over the mask so that's tight enough yeah. that it doesn't move? You know what? Like I was, I was wondering the same. Like I was wondering. Like, do they like glue it down? Like, or do they just like throw it over and pray that it stays in place? You know what? I am not an expert on toque physics. Uh, as, as you might have guessed, I don't get very many opportunities to wear them in Florida. I should probably get one. Yeah. I, I, have, I, I, I have a few beanies, but. You should get a teal one. Yeah, I was looking at a shark's toque because I thought it'd be funny. But toque, are they different toque. from beanies? Yeah, because like they've got like the little like pom pom thing. Oh yeah, you. Yeah. Like beanies just just have like the. I'm not an expert yeah, you, on winter wear. But I that's thought what the I terms thought. were interchangeable. To be honest, because uh, I know because uh, I used, gonna get mad at me. I used the word beanie one time, and someone yelled at me saying that it was a toque, <laughs> toque, toque. I love that. I've heard it both ways. I, it looks to me like it's toke. I thought it was pronounced toke though. I don't know. I, I just looked up the definition online and it's got like the uh, solid, like like the pronunciation guide is like a solid line over like the O. Mm. So I, th- I was thinking that's that, yeah. Um, yeah, so we're going to retitle this Florida man tries to pronounce toke toke. With that being said, the term toque is unique to Canada. Meanwhile, beanie is most frequently used in other English-speaking countries. It's unique to Canada? Is it really? Like, I know it's a Canadian term, but I think I like that better. Yeah, I would say let's get get away from the uh, winter wear talk because neither of us know what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, no, we don't know what we're doing. Um, but yeah, the Blues got out to a huge lead. And then the Minnesota Wild, like, nearly came back and won it. Well, I mean, like, that first period was pretty rough for Minnesota. Like, I mean, I know, like, the Blues scored five in the second, but, like, and they were only tied at one after the first period. But, like, they were getting outskated. They were getting outpossessed. Like, it was it was pretty rough to watch. So, when the goal explosion came in the, in the, in the second, I was not surprised. Expected. Yeah. Um. But, you know, I, so hot take that Tarasenko guy might be a little bit good. Yeah, no, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Might be a little good. I, at one time, it was pretty nasty. Not gonna lie. It was pretty good. Uh, but even the Barbashev one-timer was pretty sick, too. Oh, wait, that was a different one. I was thinking of... The one I'm thinking of was a Tarasenko goal. Barbashev did have a nice little wrist shot, though. That was like took it in, did a little misdirection thing. Gotcha. I, I was. But there a, were some uh, odd bounces when I went back and watched those goals. There were some odd bounces. Like all you had to do was like get down to the red line, which 
I say all you have to do is get down to the red line. That's not an easy task at all. And then just put the puck somewhere near the goal and it might take an odd pounce. Like there was, I think one or two of those goals that I think went off defenders and in. Um, Listen, when you're playing outdoors and it's so cold that they have to keep the ice heated, <laughs> like I, I can't imagine that there was going to be a whole lot of like nice even bounces and stuff. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like that whole situation is not great. <laughs> well, but you know what? It's not great for both teams. Well, that's true. Like, I feel like, I feel like these outdoor games are always a bit of a, um, a little bit of like a, um, I don't know, like a toss up or whatever, um, because like just the conditions are just so different. Yeah. Like I, I know that we, we play this up, um, because it's such a, like a big event and they did a great job with it. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't think it's an indictment on like the wild or anything that they got you know, cleaned out by the blues yesterday. But you know what makes it special? Pretty much everything. Well, yes, but it's the fact that this is how we don't usually experience hockey. This is how we don't usually play this game. Um, The fact that it's unique uh, is an important part of this tradition, I think. And I... There was a, a period of time where it seemed like the NHL just kept adding more and more of these outdoor games, and it became less and less special. Well, yeah, there was the one year in 2014 where they had, like, five of them. Yeah. Um, and it was just like, okay, like, let's cool it. We really, like, just need, like, Winter Classic, just the same series, Heritage Classic. Cool. <clears throat> okay, two. Yeah. Three's fine. Three? Okay. No sure. more than three. Um, Even three is pushing it. Give us one for the U.S., one for Canada. Fair enough. Um, but I also want to point out that uh, the jerseys for the Winter Classic were fantastic, but the yes. jerseys for the stadium series are just like the worst things I've ever seen. Mm. And I don't know how we ended up in that situation. Yeah, I don't know. It just it always seems like hockey jerseys are weird, man. You either they nail the design or they don't. And I don't think this is like I don't think this is specific to outdoor game jerseys. I think this is also like, take a look at the stars, for example, and the way they are designing their jerseys. It's very much uh, Oregon Ducks, right? Um, where some of their jerseys are really, really cool. A lot of them are pretty, like the special ones, the, the like the all white ones with the, the glow in the dark neon ones, right? Mm-hmm. Those can be pretty polarizing. Some people love them. Some people hate them. And then you get like, people love the Canadian Olympic jerseys. Um, but some people, well, some, a lot of people love the Canadian Olympic jerseys. And a lot of people really don't like the USA jerseys for the Olympics. Like they dropped the ball on that. I'm, it's so hard to mess up red, white, and blue. And you, you kind of did. I don't know. I mean, I also haven't really liked... Uh the u.s men's jerseys lately i don't know there's just something about when like that's what, red... I, that's what i was talking about yeah okay well no i meant the soccer team oh okay <laughs> because i don't know there's just something about like the like the no current, yeah like, the soccer US team men's, i think is like soccer jerseys there's just something to me about like when red and blue touch um on mm. u.s jerseys i'm just like no no i don't know at least it doesn't work on that jersey for me 
but uh yeah no like the wild jerseys solid um i I know that like the blues jerseys are a little bit more of like what you expect from the blues but like Mm -hmm. aesthetically it was a very pleasing game we'll go with. i didn't realize just how much yellow the blues were gonna have on their jerseys yeah yeah but i mean i i I don't know i'm a big fan of like blue and yellow for whatever reason yeah like that kind of color scheme good, good combo it works out really well and i think it works out well for them it works really well with the like we're, we're getting back to hockey's roots and that style that throwback style i think it worked well i think these outdoor games are interesting for the two of us because like we don't have like yeah um any sort of history with like oh yeah to be played outdoors yeah well we lived in florida <laughs> rink's a little soft you know so yeah, like it's it's a little harder for us on that end, but like I don't know, I always kind of like uh, the old timey like hockey jerseys. Um, I I don't know the like weird like off white like cream color that like they always mm-hmm. use on these throwback jerseys eggshell. usually works out pretty well. Yeah, yeah, eggshell. We'll go with. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I thought the game. The game itself was kind of meh because like the blues pulled away pretty easily. But the wild did like they they tried to come back. They made it pretty close. And then they pulled their goalie with like four minutes left. Honestly, like the wild like going like four or five, six minutes or whatever it was. Yeah. With their goalie pulled and not giving up a goal was pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Not gonna lie. Like yeah no really impressive stuff but also shout out to former flyer ryan ryan hartman who apparently can score just about every time he shoots the puck this year really Hold he, on. I, now i gotta now i gotta look at the save percentage or his shooting percentage i believe his shooting percentage this year is like through the roof i've he heard he's had a really good the, year this year and he's had a goal in the um in the winter classic this year yeah yeah uh, he's a six three He's a career like 9.7% shooter who's shooting 14.2 this year. Yep. Have at it. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Dude, honestly, good for him. That's amazing. Now I'm curious if he has a if he has like his contract. Like if his contract oh, is up. a contact contract year and his shooting percentage magically goes up. Mm-hmm. That's always my favorite thing. Like it doesn't work out for the teams usually, but I'm like, hey, go get your money, dude. Yeah. Uh, no, this is the first year of his three-year contract, unfortunately. For him. Oh. So, three years it feels like a long, a long term for a guy like Ryan Hartman, to be honest. Yeah, but he's like getting paid like one point seven a year, so yeah, okay, cheap depth. It's only one point seven million dollars. How, how much money could that possibly be? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh. I don't know. Do you have anything else from this? I didn't think like the game itself was all that interesting, but I always enjoy like the atmosphere. Of it. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think the game itself was that. Um, you mean the play on the ice? Um, sure. The game itself, it was interesting in the situation that it's in. Um, do you think, do you think they had to, do you think this was part of the discussion when they were talking about pausing the NHL? Like we have to make sure the NHL comes back in time for the winter classic. Do you think that was brought up? Yeah, I was going to say under no circumstances were they ever going to cancel the Winter Classic. 
and and if you can't put the entire league on pause and say hey we're still going to have our winter classic so like the entire league has to come back ahead of time right yeah yeah i don't know but like clearly after last year when they couldn't hold the winter classic i there was just no way they were not going to have it this year but also like last year's outdoor game was kind of a mess because it was covid affected and when you look at like this season and how the teams could have been covid affected like they they were still running a risk that one of these teams would be missing like half their roster like the flyers were last year yeah um but i do think they learned their lesson not to do it during the day again yeah, I, I think they specifically Although, said like we were not going to do it during the day because we were afraid of the same thing happening. They with the temperatures, they could have gotten away with it potentially. I suppose, but I think it's more so just like the reflections and stuff makes it really hard oh, to see. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I, uh, it's always tough though when you play it at night because they were going up against the Rose Bowl at the same time, mm. which probably not great for business but i mean but the over i watched the rose ball and the, the overlap wasn't that big that's fair you would have missed like the first period that's fair uh, at first i thought you said when you meant the overlap i was like well yeah i mean i guess utah is not a big hockey state could be. <laughs> um it's probably i mean Depends. to be honest like utah is probably the sleeping giant of, of the u.s when it comes to hockey really i mean we've got a salt lake freeze I mean, I don't know if the lake itself freezes, but like, um, I feel like the, the salt would prevent it from freezing, wouldn't it? Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. It's just weird to me that I don't know, man. I feel like Salt Lake City is like the one big like U.S. city where there's not a whole lot of hockey going on. I don't know. Mm. It's weird, but I think it could work. Cause, I mean, you got like the whole Olympic legacy here and all that. But well, and you talk about yeah. Well, if they keep playing outdoor games, maybe all of the outdoorsy people in Utah will join in. Apparently, uh, last year when they were looking at um, sites to play like their like pretty outdoor game in front of nobody, apparently yeah. Park City was one of the cities that they were looking at, which really? would have been fun. Yeah, but whatever, put it on some golf course. I guess that's fine. <laughs> they got they 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 picked a nice spot. I think. Yeah, it worked out well. I was just, I wouldn't even have, I wouldn't have even been here for that, but I just thought it was funny. But yeah, um, anything else you want to talk about? Um, do you, do you, did you have any thoughts on the Olympics? Not really. I mean, it just seemed like as soon as like COVID started canceling stuff in the NHL, that like between that and the uh, rumors of what the quarantine rules were going to be, if anyone got sick in China, it was like, no, it's just not happening. Hmm. Well, I mean, it just, for me, it sucks for the players. Oh, and yeah. This is something that has been brought up a lot of times in the, uh, amongst Flyers fans that Drew's never going to get his chance to go. Um, and in particular, there's a lot of frustration that there was the one year that the NHL did send players, um, they had to take, I think was it Chris Kunitz because he's Crosby's buddy over Drew, and it's like, yeah, no, really? Chris Chris Kunitz has got to be like one of the most random guys to have an NHL 
um, or like an Olympic gold medal. Like that was, that was like Drew's one chance to go because the NHL is dumb um, and team Canada botched it. Um, but then it's like, there's so many players that we're not going to get to see. Um, so that's super unfortunate. Yeah. All right. It just sucks. Yeah, no, it, like it just sucks that we have to go 12 years without like NHL best on best competition internationally, at least at the Olympics. They Bring could, back the World Cup of Hockey. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't at least for this, at least for this cycle. I don't understand how hard this is. Like, like NHL best on best international hockey is clearly like one of the few things that like everybody agrees on, like has to happen. Yeah. And like the, the team North America would be so, so good. I mean, even, even if you didn't do like Team North America and Team Europe, like I just want to see Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby on the same team. And Nathan McKinnon. Cole Harbor boys. I, McKinnon I want and, to watch, uh, and Sid. I want to watch Connor Hellebuck try to stop Sidney Crosby, Nathan McKinnon, and Connor McDavid. Just put them all on the same line and see what happens. I will say that we don't get... give a shit about positions. Just throw here. These are our best players. Put them all out there together. See what happens. I will say that we uh, did get robbed of getting to see Canada put like 15 on China. That's the real, that's the big winner in all this is China who doesn't play a full force team Canada or a full force team USA. That's so disappointing. So I was just going to wait. So I'm trying to think how I want to ask this question. So with the world juniors being canceled, I heard something that might be just postponed, but I think that's just been canceled, right? Um, Are those players now going to go to the Olympics? I have no idea. I don't, I don't know how those rights work, man. Hmm. No idea. That would be neat if we go, well, you can't go to the world juniors, but you can go to the Olympics. Yeah. Good luck with that. I mean, the timing is different. Timing is everything. Yeah, and but this is and if this is our peak right now, I don't think the uh, junior teams would would allow that. They wouldn't be very happy with that. Well, then who do you send? I don't know, man. I, I I've lost all investment in men's Olympic hockey. Okay. Are the I haven't heard anything, but maybe I'm just living under a rock. Have, the, have they mentioned anything about the women's teams? I mean, yeah, they're sending their best. Okay. So. As long as that's not affected because those games rock. Yeah, no, probably going to be the most entertaining hockey. <laughs> uh, listen, I'm just not really, I mean, I guess it depends on who actually goes, but I'm just like last time. We just sent a bunch of dudes. Yeah. You know, so I'm just not really all that interested in watching just a bunch of like guys, but like best on best in the women's game. Sure. Definitely. Just. Yeah. Anyway. 
Uh, do you have anything else? Mm, I don't think so. Cool. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at bferrell 77 You can follow TC on Twitter at TC underscore 904. And you can follow us or the podcast on Twitter at bferrell 727 uh, Thank you for listening and have a good one.